My name is Preston Grace, and I'd like to welcome you to the No Walls Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the No Walls Podcast. My name is Preston, and I'm here with our student pastor, Taylor Otterbein. What's up, man? Cool. What is up? Man, it is good to be back. It's good to have you back, bro. I missed you last week. Yeah, man. So uh, this week I've been thinking about like influence and about how we all have influence. And uh, what's kind of cool is you're kind of professionally an influencer, but not like, <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're like professionally an influencer, but not like, uh, you know, like social media, like, but you're, you're actually like, you're on a stage with a mic and you talk to like a whole community of people like once a week. And so uh, I was going to talk about influence and I was going to talk about like the responsibility with that. So do you feel what's, does that like, does that responsibility, is it way heavy on you or how, how do you, how does that make you feel when you're doing that? Yeah, it does. It, uh, <coughs> I think like there was a season, I would imagine this is maybe true for a lot of people, <coughs> but like there was a season once I really stepped into ministry and, and kind of realized my life was going to be essentially towards helping people become you know, who God's called them to be. And that would mean if I'm going to stay a pastor, you know, to some degree, I'm going to be in an authority of some kind for someone to help them, you know, like a mentor role of, of some kind. <clears throat> I think for a while there, maybe it's just being young, but it's like, I'm not like, I'm unapologetically going to do me right. Like <clears throat> I'm not going to change who I am to make other people happy or, <clears throat> I'm not going to I'm not going to run my filter through what would or wouldn't bother somebody else. Like that's on you. Grow up, you know, mature like, like inside the church context there's just so many things that um older or not even older just people who are very traditional in the way they were raised or in the way they see scripture or in the way they do church kind of were honest just bugs the snot out of me cuz I don't feel like People usually have good answers for why they do things. They're just kind of doing what their grandma taught them to do. And maybe it's just because of a natural, like, opposition to authority as a general rule that that sets wrong with me. But it just does and always has and always bugged. It's always driven me insane. And so, like, early on, I was like, I'm going to do me. I'm 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 going to preach on stage with a hat on when I'm in a church that's insanely traditional and it's deeply offensive to everybody or... I'm not going to worry about where I go or what I do or what I say. Like the Bible don't say it's a sin. And like, that was like my whole, like, uh, that was like my filter for everything. Well, it's not wrong in the Bible. The Bible doesn't say this or the Bible doesn't say that. You just want me to do this because of tradition. And I'm not going to conform to your way of doing things. And while I think a certain amount of being oppositional to authority or asking questions is really healthy, when you're leading people, um, I do think that there's a portion of your life that you have to consider how it affects people. <laughs> and you can say that's fair and not fair all you want, but it is true. Mm-hmm. Right? So the decisions I make today don't just affect me. They affect my wife. <clears throat> the decisions we make today doesn't just affect us, but they now affect our kids. And so you have all of these filters that are true, right? So even if you're not a person in a leadership capacity at a job or something like that you still have people the life you live absolutely has ramifications there are definite um 
<clears throat> consequences to everything that we do, and the, most of them can be good, some of them can be bad, I and mean, like the way they play out is really vast. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I realized <clears throat> that um, <clears throat> that wasn't acceptable. Like it couldn't be my filter for everything. It couldn't just be, well, the Bible didn't say so. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, the Bible doesn't say, like, here's here's an example. Here would be one that would be, you know, potentially red flag. So uh, I don't think I'm going to offend anybody. If I do, I apologize. <coughs> um, <coughs> the Bible, in my personal opinion, is not clear that alcohol is a sin. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think, I don't think scripture says that. I don't think that scripture communicates that drinking a, a glass of wine is in and of itself sinful. Uh, but what I do know is, is that if, like, say someone in my family is an alcoholic, which they are, if I go to a bar uh, on a date, I may be giving a whole license of excuses or reasons for people that the thing that is individually unhealthy for them is now acceptable, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, well, no, like, there, there's, there's, there's all kind of context to moments like that, but there are a lot of things that I have to be kind of aware of, like, as a pastor— not just as a pastor, I would say this about anyone, any team that I'm leading. Like, I am endeavoring to make sure that, like, I live a life that isn't through the filter of what makes everybody else happy. But if there is something I cannot do that doesn't take away from my family, that doesn't take away from me, if there's a freedom, if you will, that I lay aside that puts me in a better position to be able to help people to become all that's called them to be then it's worth it to me. So, yeah, I mean, like, if I don't ever go to a bar the rest of my life, I'm going to be okay, Yeah. right? Maybe theoretically I'm missing out on some fun that would be there, but, like, I'm I'm totally okay losing that if that means I can always have a conversation with someone who's wrestling with something that would trip them up in a bar. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have this moment where, like, someone has a conversation, they're using me as an excuse. Yeah, but, you know, Pastor Taylor went to da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. There's a whole lot of context there you didn't have, but you're not going to know. You're just going to see it, and there'd be an, ex- an excuse. So, um, anyways, long way about answering your question. Yeah, I think there's a way. <clears throat> I think how I live matters, and I feel that at all times. I feel that in the way that I treat people. I feel that in the way that I treat my wife, the way I treat my kids. I feel that way in the way I lead my teams. Um, I'm constantly aware and trying to assess, like, Am, am I am I operating in love? Am I being kind? And which are not, in my personal opinion, things that I naturally excel at that take some work for me. Uh, and so I'm constantly trying to evaluate, like, does my team feel loved? Do they feel cared for? Do they feel honored? Do they feel like I'm on their team and I want to see them win? Or do they feel like I'm trying to move them around like a general in a battle, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense? Yeah, that does make sense. I, uh, I, I kind of had, I think a lot of us don't realize, like, how much influence we have so like when you were saying like you're saying like it's not just on the stage it's like how you treat your wife it's just how you talk to people like day to day like i think sometimes we don't realize the power that that has on people and because like, i remember being in high school like and i went to a small school i went to Oktaha, and everyone knows you everyone knows like when you're sitting at the lunch table you can see everyone like how people, many people did you graduate for frame of reference in case someone doesn't know what Oktaha is i think 70 people and that's that was we were like a big class so it's like i think in the whole high school and elementary i might be getting this wrong i think in the high school and elementary there are 800 people so um, that is kindergarten all the way to senior i believe so but i might wow. be getting that wrong eight so seven times ten. yeah no that would actually make sense it'd be somewhere around there so yeah so i i went to a small school but 
so like people are paying attention to you and like teachers are paying attention to you and stuff like that but i never realized that so like not that i was just like doing horrible things all the time or, or whatever but like what i there were moments where people would come up to me and like say things like hey i noticed you like this hey i noticed you do this and you're just kind of like what like i've never told you that and it's like well people like pay attention actually a lot more than you think they would and what i've been thinking about lately is how much of an impact that have that has like even just on your day to day so like yeah uh, i was kind of talking to you about it earlier like if i have a conversation with you and like i'm in a bad mood or like i come across a certain way and uh that's gonna affect your mood in some way you know yeah. what I mean? or it might not if you're you know able to handle that but it could and then that'll affect the way you talk to someone else that could affect their mood and like over the course of like these small conversations my conversation with you just affected a whole community of people i didn't have a mic in front of my face you know and there's a uh, a quote i was gonna get your opinion on and it's from ed Milet, and he says that you're always making people feel something so pay attention to what you're making them feel oh yeah i love that quote <laughs> yeah I, I man that's a that's a heck of a quote i love that quote that's yeah. really good i 100 percent agree with him like I'm a, uh, I am far more selfish than I would like to be um, and than I would ever care to really want to admit. And so um, it's like quotes like that are like, like really profound for me. I think it's a good quote for everybody listening. <laughs> but if you're listening to the podcast and you feel like you have a bend toward selfishness like I do, those are the kind of mantras and phrases and statements that I think keep you on like – a healthy trajectory because it's like it's just really easy to see everything in life is transactional Every relationship is transactional everything's about what you can do for me and what i can do for you and that isn't the gauge like processing i'm going to make everybody feel something so i should pay attention to what i'm making them feel it's huge but it's funny to me because how i hear that quote now because very different than how i've heard that quote at 20. so the way i would have heard that quote at 20 Cause what? So my whole life is supposed to be ran through everybody else's filter. <coughs> so everything I do, I've got to now check with everyone I know to make sure. Oh my goodness, am I going to hurt your feelings if I make this decision? No, 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 no. That's <coughs> that's how I would have heard it. The way I hear it now, because <coughs> I love people enough to want to do that. Yeah. And the why is the part in this conversation to me about influence and. <coughs> filters of how to how that living our lives matter is figuring out the why behind it because if the why isn't big enough you won't do it and i think that's the issue for me at least for the church <laughs> growing up in the church being a part of the church like uh i mean I, I church became real real for me like more like a consistent rhythm for me like when i was like 16 and i was like okay i think i'm gonna fight for this like i think this is the direction i went ahead <clears throat> and a lot of church culture was always about uh, I got to live like this or got to do this or can't say that I can't do this and that was never like enough for me knowing a bunch of things I have to do or shouldn't do it couldn't couldn't keep me there yeah it was once I understood why those things were necessary or weren't necessary that was the piece for me because <clears throat> so when it comes to assessing the influence we have in our lives a big small whatever the reason you should pay attention to how you make people feel is because people should matter that much. Mm-hmm. Like we should have a, 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 a genuine desire to want to see people win. And so for me, 
the reason it's worth the due diligence of doing a run through before I preach or having a conversation about how that sermon landed or, 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 or going to other people on the team and asking, Hey, how, how have you been feeling lately? You feel like the team's good. You feel like we're, we're family. Do you feel like we're like, we're healthy. All of those questions set you up to hear things you don't want to hear, but they're worth it because I love people enough to want to make sure that I'm living a life that helps them feel loved, not just they're part of a bunch of to do's and things to do. Um, and so for me, I think that's the filter. So you're like, well, why would you, why would you give that up? That's silly. You shouldn't have to give up a bar. You shouldn't have to give up, uh, going to a club. The Bible doesn't say anything about a club. No, you're right. I mean, no, I guess it doesn't say anything about a club, but if it gives me even 5% chance more, 5% more opportunity to love somebody well, to help someone see what I see in them, to help someone believe what God says about them, it's just worth it for me. Yeah. But it's because I love people enough that way now. I didn't always, but I do now. And now for me, it's not even a question. I'll give up a bunch of stuff because I want to see people win. And I think for me, that's the question we should be asking. So you hear the Ed Milet quote, if you're like me when I was 20 and be like, I'm not changing my life for nobody. I don't think that's the best motivation. Like freedom for the sake of freedom, I don't think is in and of itself enough. We should at some point mature to the place to where we care about how the people in our lives feel. Mm -hmm. As a general development, follower of Jesus or not, at some point in the development of maturing as a human being, it should shift from what's best for me and start opening up to how do the people around me live? How do they feel? What is my community like? What is the sphere of influence I have and how is it affecting people around me? I think as a general rule, like maturity takes you to that place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, do you think, this is kind of off off a little bit, do you think that, like we use the word maturity, so like, do you think signs of maturity are, uh, like they cross over with fruits of the Spirit? Oh, yeah. So, like, gentleness, patience, yeah. kindness, self-control. <coughs> um, yeah, I think so. I mean, definitely, like, spiritual maturity, yeah. Spiritual but I think maturity, in general, yeah, yeah I think <laughs> the more mature person is probably more patient. Yeah. It's probably more kind. It's yeah. probably more gentle. And a lot of that is informed by life experiences. I have more empathy today than I did at 20 because I've lived enough life. Yeah. I've seen enough pain in my own life. I've seen enough pain in the the lives of the people I've created the pain for. Um, I'm old enough now to have to have asked enough questions along the way to figure out that almost no scenario is exactly like I see it on the outside in. There's yeah. always more to the story. There's People are way more complex than being able to just put in boxes, and those aren't always been true for me. Like, I spent a lot of my life being like, I know that person. Mm-hmm. I've had two conversations with them, but I know them. That's, I, I heard all I needed to hear. Like There's just no way, you know, like, uh, so yeah, I think as a mature, as you mature as a human being, those things are going to happen. But I think the reason they come happen is because I think we were all built to know Jesus, right? So as far as the the fruits of the spirit, if you will, I think everything in life is got these mirrors of how beautiful God is and all that He has for us. And I think the natural rhythm of maturing as a human being, in general, you start seeing those fruit bear in various areas. Yeah, and then somewhere along the line hopefully we can start connecting some of those dots to realize that thing didn't happen in and of itself there was something motivating that there was a, there was something in me that drew me to that that way of life and uh, i think god uses everything possible to try to get you to see how much he loves you and so yeah <clears throat> but yeah especially from a spiritual standpoint 
if you are not growing in the fruits of the spirit, then you're not maturing. I don't, I don't yeah. think it's possible. I think you become more mature follower of Jesus and those things not be stronger. Right. That I don't even really know how they would not. I think it's just the way that thing works for yeah. sure. Do you notice a, a, like, is there a shift in the way that you feel like God influences Maybe not influences you. Maybe influences you is the word. I'm trying to. I'm trying to tie it into influence. I guess is why I'm using that. The only reason why I'm using that word. But like, do you f- feel like as you develop, like, are you, yeah, are you getting things from God in different ways? Like, whenever you're sermon prepping, is it way, is it way different than it was, uh, whenever you were 20? Does that make sense? <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I think so. I I, I think that. I think God's always God. I think the way he speaks to you will shift. And I don't think it's because necessarily he just feels like changing how he talks. Mm-hmm. I think he cares enough about you to get to you how he has to get to you. Mm. And life has this beautiful and incredibly frustrating ability to almost never stay the same. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So my life at 28 is vastly different than it was at 18. And so, yeah, I hear God a lot differently today, but it's also because, like, what I need from God is different. And what I'm looking f- from God <clears throat> is different. Um, <clears throat> and so, like, yeah, the, what he, what he, and, and then what he's saying to me is different, you know, because there's some things that he doesn't have to remind me every day of that he, you know, by the grace of God, I need to know all, all the yeah. time because I was 18. Um, <clears throat> I think that's what makes, for me individually at least, that's what makes part of why, relationship with Jesus is so incredibly luring because the fact that it changes, that it stays fresh, that it stays new, that it isn't the same five verses or the same five routines for 60 years. It's as life changes, we have a God that's adapting to the moments and then helping us become more of who he's ultimately called us to be in the process. So it's like this beautiful dance of... We become more and more of who we're supposed to be. We're moving closer and closer towards the ultimate creation God created us to be. But at the exact same time, as we're growing more and more like that person, he's also adapting to what each new, uh, he's adapting with each new phase. Mm. So each new thing that comes with each new decade, with each new century, or well, century, I mean, that's a long time. But anyways, <laughs> like with each new phase of our individual development, he's there moving exactly how he needs to yeah and so it's beautiful to me because like he cares enough to like do what's necessary for you to see him know him feel him experience him and then at the same time making sure that every moment along the way doesn't get wasted yeah that it's all getting uniquely tied into this beautiful person god's called you to be and who you're becoming yeah i've noticed the reason why i asked that sorry that was kind of a sidebar thing the reason why i asked that is i've noticed that kind of in my own life lately like if used to, I would do like probably 80% like worship throughout the week and like 20% scripture. And it was like, and that I felt like sustained on that. Like I felt like, you know, just like good about it. And then like lately it's been kind of, there's been like a huge like switch in that. Like it's, it's been like, yeah, I need something else. And then like, I'm getting into scripture and I'm like, oh, okay, this is what it was. And it's just weird how, it's just weird how that changes. I was trying to figure out why that was. <laughs> Yeah, I think you long for new things with uh, every new chapter of life and new moments of life and life changes. So like <coughs> what I needed from God <coughs> as a single male trying to follow Jesus is very different than what I need from God as a pastor 
of a family of five, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. who's married and has three kids. Like, I mean, just we're not. I'm not the same guy. I'm just not the same person I was at 18. Yeah. Uh, so it makes sense to me that God would speak different. It makes sense that I would need different things. And as <clears throat> I grow, as my role at the church changes, as what I do with my life changes, as Nicole develops into more and more of who God's called her to be, what she'll need will change, and life will change, and rhythms and routines will shift. Uh, eventually, my kids won't be in my house, and then I'll be a a married couple mm-hmm. without any kids. So that'll be a whole new thing. And uh, and I think each season's unique, man. Like what I needed to get through COVID was very different than what I needed pre-COVID. Yeah. Like so to stay healthy and sane and okay, I had to crank a ton more uh, like scripture up in my life. And I had yeah. to listen to a ton more sermons and a ton more worship than I did before that because I needed God in a way that I didn't need him and like the day-to-day moment like obviously you always need god but like it wasn't so present like there wasn't a new thing i had to follow a new stat popping up that was creating more fear and more anxiety for me uh there wasn't a new curveball happening almost every day the way it was you know in 2020 so it's just shifted and now we're in a bit more of a season of peace but you know like i've preached the last three at the movie sermons which has been absolutely crazy. Like, I, like, it, like I just didn't even think. It's just crazy. I'm getting to do that. Like, yeah. what a, a beautiful opportunity! And I'm super thankful for the chance to be trusted uh, to preach that frequently. What I needed from God the last three weeks was <laughs> very different than what I needed from Him six weeks ago. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I love that that's accessible to us. I love that God is that present. That He is that good. That He is that kind. Um, and I love that he's that good at speaking through multiple avenues. It wasn't hinged on just my <coughs> content that I was taking in, but like, I mean, my, my best friend, Joshua Knowles came down mm-hmm. and just hung out with me for two days, yeah. you know, cause he knew it was a, like a, it was a long week and we were about to have a long several weeks and just, uh, the kindness and the empathy, even in that is just like, God's not just speaking only to me, but through the people around me, you know, and you get these beautiful moments where you're reminded of like. <clears throat> that's how influence works. It isn't just something you're giving out, but people influence you. And so it's, yeah. a, it's a song and dance, man. It's like how you live your life matters. But what's incredible is when you live on purpose with a purpose, oftentimes those kinds of people around you too, so they catch you. You know, yeah. So I had, a, I had some people hit me up, just make sure everything in life was running smooth. They need anything extra because they knew I was doing a little bit more than normal. And what an awesome group of people what an amazing god that sets those kind of people around you thank god yeah. for community and an awesome church absolutely do you think the the quote um it's like show me five of your best friends and i'll tell you your future or whatever do you think that's true like do you think influence is like to that point or do you think you can kind of fight it off if even if you're around people that are a certain way i think i would say it's more often true than not <laughs> i would really i'm really uncomfortable with one-to-ones yeah because uh my 28 years in life has suggested that there's always exceptions to yeah. almost literally everything so i'm a little uncomfortable with how bold people are with that phrase like show me your five friends and i'll show you a future it's like i mean what if all five of us are moving towards health right yeah or you know like what if i'm in a season where or like a, a moment in life where i'm the like here's a good example I would have been uh, my friend Ricky Arnell's when I would have been one of his five closest friends, right? I was a colossal train wreck at 14 years old. 
because I would have been one of his five closest friends. And if you would have looked at his life and been like his five closest friends, you would have been like, you got you got to let go of that friend. Like a lot of people would. I mean, I might have told him like he's not a good friend to have, but thank God he didn't give up on me. He kept yeah. fighting for me. Like for whatever reason, stayed a friend because he's actually the person that got me into the church that would ultimately change my life. Yeah. Um, but he kept fighting for me. So it's like I, I think there's grace for some moments. As a general rule, yes. I think if you have five friends that are all – knuckleheads and you're trying not to be a knucklehead you're gonna have a hard time not being a knucklehead yeah. but i do need the caveat said that i think there are some exceptions uh, some exceptions where like it's almost like you're just graced to be that person for that person to yeah. love them well to be there um and i think when those moments are true you have like a deep profound conviction like you know that that's true yeah like i can't even talk you out of it because how true it is but yeah i mean as a general i think it's true i just there are exceptions yeah I've noticed that, like, cause we were talking about being influential, like you influencing people, but that kind of got me on the track of thinking, like, how, like, I'm influenced, and it's crazy how. I think the way I actually heard that quote, I think I said it wrong. People say it like that. I think what I heard last was like, "You're the average of your three closest friends," or whatever it is. And so I like that better. Yeah, I like that a little bit better too. I think uh, I think that's probably true. And I kind of took and you know I I assumed that it wasn't 100 percent true, but like I was like and. I've kind of used that to kind of surround myself with people that where it's like this person at least has like a couple things in their life that I want in my life. Like this person has a couple things in their life. And then I feel like if you surround yourself with enough people for what like that for a long amount of time, like you can, I mean, I ask a lot of questions. So like that, that's also part of that. Like I just, I'm just constantly asking like, how'd you do that? How do I do that? You know what I mean? But like over time, like I'm hoping that I can like shape myself into those, those characteristics of those people, you know? And what I found is that I'm way more inf- influenced than I thought I was because like I've uh I've been recently like I went back and listened to some of my, like older music and stuff not that long ago and it's crazy the one how fast it takes you back to a place that like you like I had memories that were open up that I didn't even remember like it was just like whoa I remember this and then like also like it was affecting like the way I was thinking the way I was talking like what I wanted to listen to after that. Like, it's like this weird, like rabbit trail of stuff. But anyways, I thought that was, that was pretty interesting. But if I'm someone who's easily influenced, um, it, like, what, what do you think the best advice is? Just get around people that are, that you want to be like, or like, what, like if I'm someone who's easily influenced in a place where I'm just surrounded by people who are, seem to be bad influences, like what's a, what's a good step for me? I think if you feel like you're unbalanced in the way you're influenced, so uh, whatever you are doing in life right now, if you're listening to the podcast and you feel like you are being influenced in a direction you don't ultimately want to go, then I think what you need to do is at the very least fight for balance. Mm. I think it's easy to be like, well, get rid of the bad friends. And it's just, it's so hard. It's not that simple, man. Like some people have literally gone through hell with you. Yeah. <clears throat> and whether or not they're going to be along for the long-term journey of your life is not it doesn't matter they've done enough for you that they've built equity to be worth fighting for so it's yeah. like i just i <clears throat> i just really get annoyed when people make really simple statements about things that are profoundly difficult personally like yeah we'll just cut all those bad friends out well, i mean <laughs> they might be the only friends i had man yeah, because they're the only people that helped me get through the crazy childhood I had. So like, just to cut them out is not like, you know, sharing a Kit Kat with somebody. Like, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make no sense. So, 
I think what I would say is instead of trying to cold turkey and change everything, just fight for a little bit of balance. So let's say your sphere of influence, the, the people are influencing you or helping you go a direction you don't want to go, then I would go and try to find some voices. Well, first I would say some people, but you don't always have them. Like, yeah, it's easy to say, go find a mentor. Yeah. <laughs> they're not always there, man. No. And they're hard to find sometimes. And if you have trust issues, because it's even harder to let them in. <laughs> so, yes, if you have a person just on the top of your head, you know is available because living a life like the one you lived, and I would try to do everything you take them to lunch, <laughs> buy them dinner, uh, <laughs> see if you can get some coffee, like do whatever you got to do to be able to be around that person, kind of start hearing how they think, how they live. But if you can't do that, then an even simpler step is to find voices that speak to who it is you want to be yeah. or that speak to the thing that you want to do or that speak to the direction you want to run. <laughs> And thank God for podcasts because it's easier now than it's ever been. Yeah. So I would say fight for balance. Try to get some other voices, some other perspectives, some other thoughts to help you kind of maybe assess, like, is where I'm at the most healthy for me? Because I think that's one of the biggest issues is chaos can be so comfortable uh, because we know it that it seems like it's right. Because <laughs> it seems like this is a good spot. It seems like... Well, yeah, this, these are the kind of friends you should have. And until you see another perspective, you really just don't know what you don't know, right? Yeah. And so I would say find some voices. If you feel like you want to go a new direction, I would, you know, Google whatever that thing is and find some topics or, or some podcasts that will talk on that topic or uh, <laughs> some interviews, um, you know, go take some master classes even i mean there's just a lot of options but i would just try to balance it out try to get some more voices that are a little different have a different perspective on your scenario um and then work towards a to more of a middle ground and then i think you'll be able to start assessing things clear if you have a a few other voices helping you fight towards middle i mean yeah ultimately try to have a sphere of influence that's good for you that is calling out the best things in you that is telling you you matter helping you see who you're called to be helping you believe that you can get through the tough moments or celebrating you in your victories. They'll cry with you uh, when you're sad. Uh, but I mean, that's easier said than done. So mm-hmm. I think it, just on the, the smallest tier, just fight for balance. Yeah. Try your best to even it out. And I think if you'll just get to anywhere close to 50-50, I think you're going to start having some opportunities to move towards that place of health that you want to be. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing is, if you come across someone who is doing something that you want to do, and this is just in my personal experience, if people are really passionate about something, they are like, they are burning for someone to come ask them how they do it or like to share it with someone. And like, you might not think that it might seem crazy, but if there's someone who's doing something you want to do, like take them out to lunch and just like ask, ask a question. Worst thing they can do is say no. But in my experience, if someone's doing something I want to do and I ask them a question, like they're open up and they're just like willing to like tell you all about it and like it's not just like something that they're doing like as an occupation or whatever but if they're doing something that seems like this is the life that i want to have like take that opportunity go ask them go hang out with them go try try your best to like get that knowledge from them because it's crazy how how applicable a lot of things are like across across other people like yeah. you know what i mean like if I've, I've been able to get a lot of advice from you like how do i do this and you're like well this worked for me but i don't know and then i'll like apply it and like oh that worked for me too like the calendar thing was a big one for me so like but yeah so that would be my don't be scared to ask questions what me. was the calendar thing uh so the calendar thing was i am really bad at keeping i'm really bad about double booking myself 
So I will just, I want, I have this thing where I always want to be able to not say no to an opportunity. Yeah. So I'll say yes to you and I'll say yes to Jared. Also known as FOMO. And I'll say, yeah. <laughs> and I'll say yes to Ryan. Uh, and it'll all be at three o'clock on Thursday. And so then it's like, oh, well, I didn't realize I was doing that. But anyway, so we had talked about uh, having a calendar and then also linking it to my wife's calendar so she can see what I'm doing. So that way we're not booking stuff over each other. Cause that was a, a thing too. It was like, she would book something at like seven on Thursday, but I would book something at seven on Thursday. So then it'd be like, well, we didn't communicate this. Now we're, now I can't do the thing you want to do. And so anyway, so you told me about that and it's helped out. Okay, and Jared so, told me about it. So yeah, you know, you're exactly. three tiers down. <laughs> yeah. So. Cause that influence works. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I, I, I really like what you said. People really do love talking about what they're passionate about. Here's one thing that's true about humanity as a general rule. There are a few highly introverted individuals that are the exception to this rule. For the most part, people really, really, really want to talk about themselves. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not in person, it's on Facebook. <clears throat> if you turn Facebook or Instagram on or TikTok, it's really clear people want you to see their life. They yeah. are very passionate about you seeing their life and talk about it and passion is just like that people love talking about what they're passionate about like uh <clears throat> have you talked to my son about harry potter i mean you might as well just clear out the rest of the day because yeah. that boy could sit down look you in the eyes and talk to you about harry potter all day long and it's his absolute favorite thing in the world yeah and i love it because i love seeing his passion I and mean, the boy loves harry potter but uh, you don't even have to be, it's like at the youngest age, that's true for you. Mm-hmm. So, and I think it's true at the oldest age. I, I remember, uh, <laughs> cause I was having a conversation with an older gentleman one time just about life and it, like he lit up when I was just asking like his perspective. I, was, I didn't tell like some old war stories and I mean, oh, dude, he cool. went on for an hour and a half. And like, I just remember sitting and listening to him talk. I was like, this was the best time. Yeah. And I loved it cause I think stories are cool. I find people fascinating, but like all he wanted to do is talk about it. And so yeah. I, I think you nailed it 100%. If you see someone doing something they're passionate about, if you ask them, I bet it is nine out of 10 times, they will love to process with you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. Well, I think this is a good place to end this thing. Um, it's been a good conversation. You guys go and influence people. Yeah. And, and get influenced yeah. by people. Both ways. Both you know what I'm ways. saying? <laughs> Lead the way and learn away. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, bro. Appreciate you. Love you, sir. <laughs>